good morning, and thank you for joining me today on Monday Morning Motivation. Whether you're listening on your drive to work or at any point in your day throughout the week, my prayer is that this message ignites reflection and a moment of meditation that draws you closer to Christ. And with that being said, let's dive right in. Today's verse comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, and it reads, So Elijah went out from there and found Elisha, son of Sapheth. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back, and he took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. As I was working out one morning, I was listening to one of my favorite gospel artists, Hezekiah Walker, and I came across a song called 99 and a Half. And in this song, he sings, Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100 because 99 and a half won't do. And as I sat there and listened to this song, I began to think on all the things that were holding me back from fully following the vision that God had set before me. And I began to despair. Was it the fear of uncertainty? Was it a lack of trust in God? What was it exactly that was keeping me from running full force into the purpose and the plan that God laid before me? And who the heck was Elisha that he did not struggle with this? First Kings 19 and 19 is the first time we're introduced to Elisha. And his introduction comes on the heel of a story that some of us know pretty well and that I talked about in one of my earlier podcasts called But Sheep. And that's the story of Elijah hearing the voice of God on the mountain. So as we look back on Elijah at the beginning of chapter 19, we see him run into Jezebel. She sends a messenger to Elijah and threatens to end his life on God. And apparently that threat must have meant something serious because the first thing Elijah did after he heard it was run for his life. What follows was a prophet grown weary, seeking death. Lord, in my life, because I am so tired. I am out here living fully for you, and I'm being rejected left and right, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. The Lord then tells him what to do next in his despair. He says, go find these three people and anoint them. And on top of that, you are not alone, for I have set aside 7,000 people who have not bowed to false idols or kissed them. Many times we feel like we are the only. Satan can have us so afraid or in despair that he makes us feel completely isolated. And in this isolation, we act out of desperation. But God reminds us, you are lonely, but not alone. But that's another topic for another day. Going back to the story. One of those people on the list that God gave Elijah was Elisha, his successor. And that's the first person that Elijah went to find. I can only imagine his excitement 
feeling alone and in despair in that moment. And the Lord brings someone to walk alongside of him. This is how we met Elisha. Elijah came up to him working in the field. Elisha was plowing the field with 12 yoke of oxen. From this, we can immediately see that Elisha was well off. Not only did he have 12 yoke of oxen, which amounts to 24 in total, because a yoke represents two oxen, but we also see that he was a part of a family that had land. Enough land to keep 24 oxen occupied with plowing. So he wasn't a poor man from a lower class family. Elijah came up to him and without any introduction, throws his cloak around him. This is a significant moment for Elisha, a fork in the road, because at that moment, Elijah had clothed his son and set forth to spiritually adopt him. And Elisha understood this. It was now time for Elisha to either accept or reject the adoption. We see that without hesitation, Elisha immediately runs to Elijah and accepts the call. He has one simple request. Let me kiss my mother and father goodbye and I'll be right back. And Elijah's response go back. What have I done for you? Or go back and think about what has just happened. Consider the calling for it is a heavy one. And Elijah waited. Now this is a drastic contrast from a similar story that we see in the Bible in Luke chapter nine, verses 59 and 60, where a man comes to follow Jesus and says, First, let me bury my father. And Jesus' response was, let the dead bury the dead. Why are these responses so different? Was it because Jesus knew the heart of the man that he responded so harshly? He knew it was just an excuse to have more time before accepting the calling. God is not here for our half-hearted service. In both cases, a harsh response was given, but in only one of the cases did the man return. But before he returned, he took two oxen and killed them and cooked them using the plowing equipment and fed the people. Now, many times we skip over these verses because we may read it as he had a going away party and then he went to Elijah. But if we slow down a little, we see a few things that stand out. The first one, we see that he is possibly the only child because when saying goodbye, he didn't mention any of his brothers and sisters, only his father and his mother, which means that the field he was plowing and the oxen he was plowing them with were all his when his parents passed away. He was the firstborn son and the inheritance went to him. He was set up for a comfortable life at home. The family business wasn't doing bad at all. Secondly, we are told that he uses the plowing equipment to cook the oxen. But why did he use the plowing equipment? We, we know that he has money. So I am almost positive that they had some type of oven to cook with. 
or a kiln. So why not use that? Why not build an altar or build a stove, use firewood and cook with that? There had to have been something there other than the plowing equipment, because I'm, I'm sure plowing equipment doesn't come cheap. And this is the point that brings us to our main topic. He was burning his path backwards. Everything he did in that moment was significant. Not only did he want to show Elijah that he was serious about the calling, but also his parents and his people. He set fire to his inheritance, literally. Because in an agricultural society where land and oxen are the center of wealth, to cook an oxen is literally to set fire to your money. And notice he killed two oxen, not just one. He, like Hezekiah Walker said, 99 and a half won't do. At the beginning of meeting Elisha, we see that although 12 yoke of oxen were plowing the field, it says that he himself was driving the 12th pair. His inheritance could be signified by the 12th pair. And to burn his pair and his yoke showed a wholehearted commitment. It was a declaration to all who saw and ate that he was burning his path backwards. All he had left was forward. So how was he able to do it? Give it all up. The stable job, the steady income, the comfortable life. All for a life fully pursuing the call of Christ. Because he had faith and courage. Faith enough to trust not only the man who was calling him, but the God who sent the man. Courage enough to burn his bridges backwards. He knew that, like us, at any given moment when we feel unsure, our gut reaction is to retreat. We always try our best to keep a safety net or a clear way of escape because we never fully trust. We always fear. So putting our full weight on something is absolutely out of the question. We keep our bridges open. But I can say this, even in my struggle to burn the bridges and fully chase after my calling, it isn't until we burn those bridges that we truly experience faith and vulnerability. Until God is all you have, it is hard to understand the full weight of the calling. Because as long as backwards is an option, forward is twice as difficult. Father, I come to you today praying for everyone listening to this podcast. I pray that you not only show us the escape routes we've built, but also give us the courage to burn the path backwards. Help us to see you as greater than our safety nets. Help us to trust our full weight on the path you have set before us. Keep us and guide us in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me today on this moment of meditation. And remember, there is no day like today to be motivated for Christ. I pray you continue to grow in your faith, and I hope to ride with you again next week. Thank you, and God bless.